everyone, and welcome to WhatsApp, a space for Asian American progressive voices in California. Here's WhatsApp today, uh, running for office. Uh, so we have a special guest today, Kenneth Mejia, who's currently running for the LA City Controller. He's a Green Party candidate. All right, Kenneth. So thanks for joining us today. I know it's uh, been a busy start to the new year, so um, you know, appreciate your time. Um, first question that we have as an icebreaker is um, what favorite artist or musician from the culture you identify with is your favorite? <laughs> And you can talk about your background too, um, just like your cultural background, if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, um, does it have to be, it could be an artist in any aspect of art, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like dancing or like... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Let's see, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm a dancer, so I mean, I when I grew up, I did like Filipino folk dance and, and I gradually deviated into like hip hop. Um, so I danced hip hop. I got some YouTube videos of me dancing. <laughs> I got dance class. Nice. Um, so I would say like, you know, there's a ton of artists, um, ton of uh, dancers that I'm I'm a fan of. Um, let me see. Uh, who who could I mention? And there's so many. There's so many. <laughs> it's from the Jabberwockies. There's you know. Um, what else? There's also uh, Ryan Puspos. He's a dancer. Um, there's also Megan Batum. Uh, she's a dancer. She's Filipino as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are some some dancers that I really uh, watch their videos, and you know, they did big things for themselves doing what they do, and mm -hmm. yeah, and being themselves. So that's very cool. Are they I know it's go ahead. It's an Olympic sport now. And so um, like Filipinos and Koreans are really going to like be <laughs> super competitive. <laughs> oh, God, really? Man, it's going to be awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, it is. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The K-pop. It's, it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Right. And uh, my, my follow up was, is there anyone local um, that you support? Um, I mean, I mean, they're local. The ones I said, they, nice, they, nice. They're, in LA. they're based out of LA. Um, so. Okay. You know, yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. So uh, why are you running for controller? That is um, what is on our minds. No, that's, that's a good question. I mean, first of all, to start off with, um, you know, thank you for, you know, having me on uh, both of you. The, you know, a lot of people don't even know what the, the controller position is. Um, it's a citywide race along with the mayor and city attorney, but it usually gets the lowest amount of turnout. Um, when Ron Galperin ran, who's the current controller who turns out in two years or next year, um, he ran unopposed and only uh, 290,000 people voted for him. And, you know, it's just, and we're, we're residents of 4 million. So, I mean, it's just, there's just a lot of, um, uh, a lot of people are unaware of the position in general. And I think it's because our, our, our city hasn't done a good job at explaining what uh, these positions are, or they haven't done a good amount of outreach. And so, you know, the city controllers, the city's elected chief accounting officer, the auditor and the paymaster. Um, and so I come from a uh, professional background in accounting. Um, I've been an auditor and I've done accounting for over 11 years. 
And now that it's an elected position, I mean, it's been an elected position, but people want to know, especially with the recent years and the way we're spending our budget is where's our money, you know, where are we getting our money? Um, you know, where are we spending it all? Right. And so I think having a progressive controller who can really bring about transparency, um, who can bring about data, financial data accessibility, where you don't have to like jump through like 20 different websites to find the information that you're trying to find. Mm -hmm. Also just making it um, digestible too, because sometimes people look at financial data and there's like millions of Excel rows and you're like, how the hell do I make of this? And so we want to provide data that's digestible. So, I mean, that's why we're running, um, you know, and we also want to be educational too. We want to use the office to teach people about financing and finances and accounting so that they too can, you know, better arm themselves with knowledge when they go talk to their city council members when asking for resources or, or whatnot. So uh, that's why we are running. I think Katie Porter has been a, done a really good job of like explaining her position and her role. So, yeah, I think if you could um, bring that to the controller position, that would be amazing. Yep. Who's Katie Porter? <laughs> Congresswoman. Uh, she uses a lot of um, like big charts <laughs> during her presentations. <laughs> right, Jim? <laughs> yeah, she uses a lot of tools to just explain um, what a bill is or, or what she does mm-hmm. um, using videos and charts and nice. lots of things. Yeah. Very cool. So what do you want to achieve as a city controller? And actually before you know before you go into that what what power does a city controller have? Yeah, good question. Um I mean we are not policymakers. Um right? So if people ask us like, you know, what what are you going to what are you going to do? Are you going to are you going to make laws or we're not in a policy making or law making role, but we are an oversight role. So we can affect policy um, through the data that we provide so that it does shape our city council members and our lawmakers um, thinking when they go and create, you know, a bill or, or try to, you know, vote on certain certain things, right? Um, anything that the city does touches money, right? And anything in our life touches money. And so the controller has the unique function to operate independently of the city council and the mayor. And the fact that we are in a elected position and if the people want us to do something Um, You know, in regards to the city's finances, whether it's they want us to be more transparent and post the city's finances every two weeks or they want us to to constantly use social media to talk about how much money we're spending on the police or how much we're spending on, uh, you know, um, providing services for the in-house community. Uh, We we can do that and we could also provide. uh, audits that can determine if departments are being effective, right? And in turn can determine uh, how much money we should be giving to, you know, certain critical areas or, 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 or 
reducing spending in, in certain areas, you know, when it comes to the creation of a new budget. Right. And so, you know, our power is, is being independent, being able to conduct audits, uh, being able to make sure that we're not going over budget, um, you know, based on what the city council and the mayor approved. And we just have that power to really be transparent. And in turn, that can affect how people take that data and like city council members or even the public and, and go back to their people and be like, hey, like, I didn't know we were spending over three billion on the police every year. Like, mm -hmm. look at housing is only getting a hundred something million. Like, this isn't right. Right. So that's sort of the way we can direct slash indirectly affect policies by putting data and numbers out there and, and, and auditing um, departments to see if they're being affected. Because I think one thing we need to do better as a city is we need to determine um, if we just keep throwing money at things, if there's really any quantifiable measure of success. Right. And so, um, you know, I definitely, definitely, I think we have a very uh, powerful role in affecting, you know, change through numbers. It's pretty awesome. Can you share about your background? Like maybe in one to two sentences, just real brief. Yeah. I mean, just briefly about myself, um, you know, born in LA, you know, raised in Silmar and the, the Valley. Um, I have an accounting background. Uh, like I said, I've been a CPA. Um, I've been auditing and accounting for over like close to 11 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, my activism revolves around housing justice. So being part of the LA Tenants Union, um, doing community outreach, um, helping out the unhoused communities um, through our We Can Make a Difference LA group, sometimes helping out with uh, other orgs as well, like um, K-Town for All, shout out to them. Um, and so my activism mainly uh, has been revolved around housing, but I've touched pretty much everything, like you said, when I ran like healthcare and the environment. Um, canceling student debt, just, just, yeah, everything. So yeah, it's a quick brief background about me. Um, can you brief, like super briefly explain the party that you're running on and why you, that part briefly, and then also explain why you chose to run in that party? Yeah. I mean, um, just disclaimer to everyone, this race is a, is a nonpartisan race. So, um, you know, I, when, when, when we run for office and voters vote, they're not going to see your party, just like how it was when we ran for Congress or, you know, on the national level or on the state level. So me personally, I, I am a registered Green Party member. Um, you know, there, there are other options out there. Uh, lots of different parties, right? I just decided to go with the Green Party. My, um, my whole life, I've been a Democrat. Uh, when I first voted, I was a Democrat. And, uh, you know, I, I read the Green Party platform and I liked what they stand for. Um, some of their mottos include uh, people, planet and peace over profit, um, which I think a lot of progressives can relate to. Um, and so, you know, they, 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 their values align with mine. And, uh, and so that's why I am a green and, um, but yeah, that's, that's the part that I'm part of. Nice. I guess I'm um, going one step further. Also, if people are interested in like running, um, what, what's like the history of you doing that? And is it a complicated process and the history of running, like how to run or. Yeah. It's for you. I mean, like, you know, has it been complicated to run for these the oh, office? Offices? Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, we started it in running like 
our first real race was 2017 and 2018 for Congress. Um, you know, definitely different strategies and different um, ways in the campaign, especially if you're running in a partisan race. So definitely you have to, you have to, if you're running in state or federal, you have to make the case on why you're running, you know, as a green versus a dem or whatnot. And so there's always a lot of different strategies you have to take. Um, I think the filing process is way more, way easier on the federal level, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and it makes sense because the local level, there's a lot of um, money involved, especially when it comes to like developers and housing and whatnot, and environmental protections. And so they're very, the, the process for running for local office is definitely more stringent especially the paperwork and whatnot um which makes sense so you know i'd say strategies are different especially now that i'm running in a nonpartisan race uh you know we're not talking about our parties we're talking about the issues that uh you know matter most and you know what type of financial data people want to see and and uh yeah people don't really run for office to like make a bunch of money you could be making a bunch of money as as an accountant like what drives you to even do this um i mean i i've always been i've always had like a an activist mindset you know even just growing up just rebelling against the school institution (laughs) but you know and I always just, I always just questioned everything growing up is like, you know, how come there's so many people living on the streets and we're so rich. Right. And I was like 10 years old or like five years old asking these questions. Um, and I just thought, you know, like no one's running, like no one's running to provide these options. And, and as you dig deeper into systemic issues, you realize that there are people in charge of these systems um, that create laws that create the environment for people that you know act and and if those people in power are not doing anything then we're just going to continue the same cycle right and so um I, my my thought process is no one is running you know even if you have if no one's running right now and you know you you feel that there isn't some support or enough support to help you out then you got to do it yourself because otherwise you're just gonna um, be stuck in the same thing. And, and, and that's why it's really important to just also not just to run for office, but also be part of issue oriented movements, right? Like you don't just want to run for office and, and you're not doing the work. Right. So, so for us, for me, you know, I, I got involved in the orgs and, you know, got on the ground and helped out and, I was just sick of seeing like every time that we would be doing all these actions, it's because of the failures of our elected officials. And so if I saw that no one was running, then it's like, all right, we got support, we got movement let's do it. Yeah. I would say also like maybe establishment politics or politicians are probably, they make a lot of money being in office. I would say, I mean, you know, oh, yeah. the house and, they- and et cetera. Yeah, LA City Council members make the most money out of any other local office in the country. So, you know, you're looking at over $180,000 these council members make from 15 people, you know, <laughs> so, you know, over 4 million people, right? And so right. It's, it's 
ridiculous. <laughs> I think if, to be honest, like if you're an accountant and your past five years being an accountant or three years, it's because it comes easy to you. Mm-hmm. It comes second nature to you. And like accounting for me has become, you know, easy. Like I could just wake up and do it. Right. And like, why not, why not combine it with, you know, helping people. And, and so that's, that's what we've been doing. We've been putting out, information out on our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram about the city that, you know, you would have to dig into. And that's sort of what I do as an accountant. Anyways, I look at numbers, I dig in stuff. And, um, I think it's fascinating when you dig into the, to the city, you know, so. Right. Well, um, on that note too. Um, so how do you think being a green party, a candidate in a democratic city will affect your campaign and or job after you potentially get it? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, you know, this city is, is a huge democratic city. Um, luckily, I, you know, since it is a nonpartisan race, I don't think it will have much effect on us. If anything, the, the main effect it will have is endorsements um, from Dem clubs, um, mm-hmm. unions, because we are not part of the democratic, um, you know, establishment or whatnot. And, and so that's the only way I could see it um, affecting us. But otherwise, I think once people read our message, go to our website, they will, uh, they'll fall in, you know, love with what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. What about your job? Job, like as a controller? Yeah. Being green. Um, I think it would, it would, first of all, it'd be historical. I think it would be, um, one of the highest elected green positions in the country and in the second largest city in the country. So it would probably open a lot of doors for the party nationally. Um, mm-hmm. If we saw us break our way through in LA, um, it would also affect how people and, you know, and, and corporate interests and establishment politicians interact with us because we are not part of that. Um, so, you know, they would have to find ways to, 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 to to get to talk to us or, you know, cause as greens, we, we were corporate free. We were bold into the people and whatnot. So I think it would, uh, we'd really be an independent, um, force in, in local politics. So that's why I also think it would have Nice. Full disclosure. I'm actually also green party. <laughs> I have voted green party, but, uh, I'm currently running in the Dem party. What, so what does it mean for you to be a candidate as an AAPI person? Um, good, you know, good question. I, you know, I feel like, I feel like just running as an API in general, it's, it's not really, um, common. So, you know, and the fact that we do have an API running, I think it's something to be, uh, proud about, especially if you have good, you know, uh, humble values, right. To, to help others. And so, um, just the fact that the, the representation is, is low in general and not a lot of people run, um, in our community, I think it means, it means a lot. And, and if you combine that with progressive values, I think it makes it even, um, you know, or so better. Right. Um, like a historical context, right? When, when our families move here, they, they want to provide the best for us, right? And sometimes our, our Asian, uh, parents and slash Pacific Islander parents can be more so on the conservative side. And 
they keep their head down and sometimes only focus on, well, Kenneth, I just want you to do you, you know, don't get into it. I'm like, no, I got to help others out too, because what you did for me, I want to, I want to do the same for others. Right. And so, um, I think it's really important to have that representation and, and carry that history of, of, of that hard work ethic that they instilled in, in me and us and, and provide that for others. So um, I think it means, yeah, definitely. A lot. Now, I mean, how do you even explain um, like to your own family what the Green Party is and why you're in the Green Party? How do you have yeah. that conversation? Good question. I mean, I think even some of my 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 family members are are like are conservative right and i actually got them to switch to the green party after running in and because i think what they they saw that what i was fighting for and and they realized like well it makes sense it doesn't you know i think i think if i just did it long enough and i was just always out there and i was always in their face and talking to my you know, I didn't, I didn't enforce the Green Party or, or, or liberal or progressive politics on them. It's just they sort of watched me, right? Um, they saw me on the news. They see me on articles like, oh, my God, what the hell is he doing on it? And, and, they, and they really listened on what, well, dang, that's what Kenneth's fighting for. And it, and it, and it really makes sense, right? I think, I think if you explain it to them, like how much inequality there is, how much, you know, a certain group at the top has all the wealth, you know, just has everything. Um, and then you sort of explain to them how so many have nothing because of the way our system is designed. And we just keep talking about it and they'll be like, all right, it makes sense. So I, luckily I got a lot of my family members to actually register green. And, and I also, you know, I also sort of connected to where, where they came from, um, from the Philippines and just talking about how they, they wanted, um, you know, better opportunities. And I wanted to do the same. And I think that, that resonated with them, especially just seeing me all the time on the news. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really inspiring. Cause I, I have conservative, um, some conservative family members too. So it's good to know that, uh, you know, your convos with them, um, got them to change their perspectives. <laughs> um, but I, the cool thing is that, you know, Filipinos were the first Asians to be in the U.S. And, um, you know, also with the farmers movement in the middle of California, Filipino progressives are have, have a great history. And so good job on continuing that kind of it's a very, very inspirational. That's kind of some notions about the past. But how about the future? What do you think about the um, uh, going forward? Uh, what role do Asian American and Pacific Islanders um, have in both politics and also not politics? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think uh, I think this recent election, I think a lot of um, APIs have actually um, been uh, engaged. Like I'm seeing people from high school and college, like posting about Black Lives Matter now and, and, and talking about how, how they need to stand up for our, our Black brothers and sisters. Um, you know, more so, uh, how they, they led the way for us, you know, APIs to, you know, in fact, live the life that we do here. Right. And so I think a lot of APIs are becoming more conscious about, their privilege about where they came from and, and how they can affect change themselves. Um, so I, I think, I think in the future, you'll see a lot more, more people getting involved in the political process, or at least, 
reading up on the candidates or at least reading up on issues, right? Um, not just voting like the same way or, or, or anything. Um, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully more people run um, and more people get involved in the in movement work. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get some of my classmates and friends to, to get involved. And I've actually had some success. Some of uh, my coworkers who I did professional accounting with are on our team now. So that's awesome. Uh, and then they're, they're Filipino and Asian as well. Um, that's awesome. So, so yeah, I think, I think it's going to just get better, especially after this recent election. How can people listening best support you in your run for controller? Yeah, people can uh, visit our website. It's mejiaforcontroller.com, M-E-J-I-A-F-O-R-C-O-N-T-R-O-L-L-E-R.com. So it's a long one. Um, and there you can just, you know, first of all, read up about it, see what we're trying to do, see see if it makes sense that, that, that you like what we're trying to do and bringing financial transparency, accessibility, and education about the city's finances. And if that's something that's, that you're up for, um, then sign up to volunteer, join our team and, and donate. I mean, this, this, this is going to be a people powered campaign and it's for the entire city. So we're going to need all the help as much as possible. So yeah, sign up. Help us and, out. and what kind of help are you looking for? Um, I would say if it, like people, uh, there's always a lot of asks, um, since it's a grassroots campaign. So whether it's design work, video work, photography, social media, you know, content research, uh, on cities, on city issues that connect to the finance, uh, finances of the city, um, you know, um, helping us write postcards, you know, there's, there's just so much that people can do. And if, if you can't volunteer and you're fortunate enough to, to donate, please donate. We're asking people to donate um, $5 a month um, to our campaign, which is less than most streaming services. So, you know, that could help us out a long time uh, for a big time, especially if we get um, a large volume of, 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 of small donors. So that's the way you can help. Um, cool. And then how, would you like to see um, AAPIs engaged in um, in both politics and otherwise? Yeah, I would like to see APIs engaged in politics just by recognizing that you know where you came from, what your what your parents did to to come here, recognizing that hard work, acknowledging that, and then realizing your place in society as in, you know, Asian American, right? Pacific Islander here who has so many different, you know, opportunities to, to, to actually do things. And then once you recognize yourself and you're belonging in this place, then looking at other, you know, um, minority groups that are at a disadvantage, like in our black and brown communities, um, and, and helping them out. Right. Um, so, and then, and then I, that's how I would like to see them engage in sort of once they realize that, um, then they could actually start like actually joining groups and getting more involved and doing movement oriented work. How do AAPIs, um, help other, other 
um, marginalized groups like black and brown folks and why? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to answer how, I mean, like here, I know plenty of amazing AAPI um, activists right here in LA and what, you know, luckily we live in LA, right? Like it's, there's so much uh, diversity here. Um, But, you know, I think once you sort of get to that consciousness of a free wise API and you start looking at the statistics of how many people are unhoused, how many people are getting evicted from their homes. And you sort of see that statistics based on um, people's, um, you know, ethnicity or background. You could see that there's this huge, um, you know, influx relating more so towards black and brown communities. Right. And once you recognize that, holy crap, like this isn't right. Um, then you use your power to help out organizations and join organizations like, you know, helping out Black Lives Matter, or you could join um, K-Town for All, or you could join the LA Tenants Union, or, you know, I would just say join an organization would be like your next step um, to actually help out, um, you know, marginalized communities. And how can folks increase their interaction with candidates and actual public officials? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's always been tough because it's always hard to talk to our city council members or even get their attention. So, um, I mean, I for, for us as a candidate, right, because I could speak as a candidate, like you could always reach out to me or us on social media. Uh, that's one cool advantage of us is we have a, we, we, we read our messages and we respond. And, um, so you can reach out to us through social media or through email, um, you know, to get, uh, interaction with your city council member or other like officials that might be a lot harder. And so, you know, make phone calls to see if you can set up a meeting. That's the more formal way to do it. And you might not even get a call back or, you know, you can bring the attention to them, right? If you're really passionate about something and your council member or mayor is not doing anything right, you take the battle to them, right? And so that's what Black Lives Matter LA did for 20 plus days outside of Mayor Gracetti's mansion and it brought media attention. And and they wanted to talk to him about uh, focusing on LA and not going to, you know, Biden's cabinet and look what happened. Like, you know, Black Lives Matter LA and the people won. So, you know, there's just a whole different, types of, uh, of, of ways you can actually interact with your uh, council member or politician indirectly and directly. And you were out there quite often. Yeah, we were there. I was there like 17 plus days. So <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it was, it was community, right. Yep. Um, coming together for a, a joint cause. And I think that's why it was so beautiful. Right. Um, so. Yeah. And I mean, some of those people are now on your campaign who may not have heard of you before. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of folks. Um, luckily, like I think the LA activist movement here, everyone sort of like it's it's small, but it's big, right? Um, we all sort of like know, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him over there. Like yeah, I, I've heard of him. Like oh, I didn't know he was there. Like that's crazy. Uh, so um, you know, like I said, it's just all about doing the work and and putting others above your self interest. And I think that's what we're that's what we've really done well as a campaign. Like we're reaching out to organizations. We're not, we're not making it about us as running for control, but more so how can we help them with our expertise and finance and, you know, finding out about the city's data can be beneficial to your organization. So that's sort of what we've been, we've been doing. Very cool. Very cool. Any other 
comments you'd like to make, Kenneth, um, before we kind of wrap up and summarize? No, just, you know, help out, help out others if you can, um, if you have the means to. No one's doing anything, then do it yourself or see if other people are doing it. So that's all I can say. Yeah. And then our website, help us out. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of fill that void um, where where there is an opportunity. Um, If not us, who? And why not us? (laughs) Um, Cool. Well, thanks so much for speaking with us um, and sharing your insights. Uh, I'm really excited about your campaign. Uh, I just want to quickly do a recap. Yeah. So in this episode, Kenneth um, talked about his campaign for running for controller sparked by progressive values and trying to infuse that into the uh, office that controls the budget and auditing for where money goes in the city of Los Angeles. And I think that's kind of a big takeaway going forward as progressives that we I think um, it doesn't really matter what background and where, where are you coming from from which walk of life. We all share the same kind of basic principles. And yeah, I I think we all have um, values that we can impart and share with others to get to the goals that we want to for a sustainable, peaceful world uh, with less inequity. And um, I also feel like the running theme seems to be joining an organization is very helpful and um, to maximize your own potential to contribute to these causes. And um, did I leave anything out, Kenneth Jiang? I think um, what I took away is that uh, Kenneth wants to um, increase transparency and um, and really dive into where money our money is going so that we can maximize um the use of it in in the in the best ways um that we can anything else Ken? no i think uh that's pretty much it you know it's that's what we um want to do bring transparency um make financial data accessible and educate the public on our finances. So let's do it. (laughs) Sounds good. So yeah, thank you very much again, Kenneth, um, for joining us. Awesome. No, thank you. Thanks both of you for for having me on and and for doing this for uh, our AAPI community. So thank you. All right. So the food for thought for this week is given Kenneth's run as a Green Party candidate for um, controller. um, How do you think that you could be effective in supporting campaigns like these, which may or may not be on the radar of people um, that are generally preoccupied with other things? Um, So that's um, the thing to think about next week. Um, So... Coming up on January 18th, um, our episode is What's Up with the 2020 Election in California. Um, And uh, on that show, we will have a guest from UCLA, um, the current chair of the Asian American Studies Department, Natalie Matsuoka. And um, we're going to talk about um, how Asian Americans in California voted in the 2020 primary and um, really the notion of them swinging the election propositions, really. is going to be discussed at length. So it's going to be a very fun episode and um, I hope to see everyone then. Thank you for joining us.
See you next week. <laughs>